This panel discussion was recorded at the recent Western Australian Brewers Association conference in Perth. Brews News was able to attend to host and record these panels thanks to the generous support of Bintani. And we thank Bintani for their support, not only of us, but also those brewers in attendance at the conference and those unable to attend in person. Bintani, supplying the brewing industry with a wide range of quality brewing ingredients since 1995. My name is Matt Kirkegaard from Australian Brews News and Radio Brews News, and this is the discussion panel looking at crafting an ale trail. Wine regions have been a source of pride for and a central focus of state tourism bodies for decades. In many ways, the growing regional brewing communities have been overlooked as tourist drawcards. So how does the industry change this? How do breweries command the attention of state governments and tourism associations to bring new visitors to experience their breweries and drive tourism to those regions? To join me to thrash out that issue, we have Claire Savage, who is from the Tourism and Experience Training Consultancy, Savagely Creative. Thank you very much for joining us, Claire. Josh Donohoe from Sunshine Coast Craft Beer Tours on the sunny coast of Queensland. It is very sunny uh, at the moment. And also Sabrina Kunz, who is the New Zealand Ale Trail founder and also an industry consultant. Thank you for joining us all. Big round of applause. Now, let's start with you, Josh, um, again. So start small and work our way up, which is really what you did. You moved to the Sunshine Coast, starting to see craft breweries uh, grow there. You had a business that was pretty much exclusively craft beer at the beginning and craft brewery tours. You've expanded that, but then you've also become very enmeshed in the whole region and developing the region to the point now that your local council is marketing itself, and we're going to get in trouble here, as calling it the craft beer capital. Tell me a little bit about your journey and what you saw um, in terms of building the Sunshine Coast as a region and a destination for craft beer. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Uh, Look, I moved to Sunshine Coast from Sydney about seven years ago, and there was one brewery. Uh, We now top out at about 21 with a few more on the way. So I started a, a tour business that wasn't focused on breweries, and when I moved there, it ticked all the boxes of the sunny coast, but it didn't have any breweries. And I was like, I really wish some breweries would come. And then they came. So a lot of it to do was with timing, but I did start a, a brewery tour business once we had about three or four and started to focus on that specifically. Uh, and I've been jumping up and down about it ever since. But it did take a long time to get some, some leverage. And Matt alluded to council and especially tourism to jump on board and say, this is a thing and we're going to promote this thing. Up until then, tourism have always been really supportive of what we've done as a tourism business and a tourism operator, but promoting the region as a craft beer capital and and acknowledging these great venues was something it took a long time to do. Talk to me about what you found when you first went to council and the, 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 the regional business bodies, trying to sell them the idea of craft beer. Was there a perception issue that breweries had that wine and wineries don't seem to have? I mean, council, obviously with breweries, they had that, that challenge of setting a brewery up. So councils weren't ready for that. They didn't have a ticket box to how do we approve a brewery and where do we put a brewery. So that was definitely a challenge. Um, but in terms, it, more in terms of the, them seeing a tourist potential for a small little brewery tucked away in Mooloola Bar, for example. No, they saw zero potential. Zero. <laughs> and, but why, why is that? Because in so many ways, a winery and a brewery have a similar potential, but there is a perception that breweries have. 
Uh, there is, and I think probably the bigger capitals would have had that advantage of, of seeing it as a tourism attraction or something to bring people to region. Sunny Coast was probably a little bit caught on the hop. We've had so much happen in a short period of time that it just wasn't acknowledged as a reason to bring people into, into region, whereas now... We've already got beaches. Yeah, we've got beaches, <laughs> but everywhere's got beaches. So how do you have a point of difference? And now that tourism's on board and really promoted it, we've seen it be another reason to come to region year-round. It's, it's appealing to people's passions and interest in the growing craft beer industry and tourism have jumped on board and, and really done that. But at the beginning, zero. Sabrina, when you were the executive director of the Brewers Guild of New Zealand and you started what became the New Zealand Ale Trail, did, did you have a similar experience to, to Josh? Obviously, you were working for your members to try and create an experience that encapsulated all of them. But you needed to get buy-in, I would have thought, from governments at, at levels and uh, regions. Did you find that same challenge? So we actually started um, the NZL Trail as the Brewers Guild of New Zealand, which is sort of the equivalent of the IBA, but for all breweries in New Zealand. And so, you know, in terms of size, it's about 200 breweries. So for Australia, it's a region um, in terms of size. Um, but the issue was we started tourism as an issue to really um, get beer um, and brewing um, in front of government in a new way. And I'll give you a really basic example. This is 2018. Every single local regional tourism website that you went to or visit New Zealand, um, you click on a button, food and wine, to find beer. And that's a really basic example, but if you were a foreign tourist, a domestic tourist, and you were trying to find our brewery attractions, you have to click on food and wine. Now, I'm sure everybody here knows how ridiculous that is, but that is pervasive everywhere. They couldn't even turn it to food and beverage. And so we had to make the case for why beer experiences and beer tourism, as Josh said, is a thing. And so we actually created the NZL Trail um, spent a lot of time and effort on imagery to show the diversity of the brewing industry and we could then use that product to take to government to make the case that actually there was a huge tourism opportunity. And the one that I think that's quite distinct from wine is that actually brewing experiences are available in every geographic area. So both in cities, in, in small centres in rural, in agricultural. And so actually the breadth of where you can market beer tourism is much broader than wine because you're not limited to wine growing areas. And so we had to create this product to make that case. Um, and, and we used it as the gateway to then lobby for other things. Claire, hearing the, the, this experience, uh, beer has a perception problem to, to the point that it's even starting it's not even recognised as in the name of, of tourism. How does an industry such as the brewing industry start to overcome this from a marketing uh, perspective? I actually think they have overcome it, to be honest with you. So, so well, we'll, we'll, let, let's, we'll all go home. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the program I, I, I kind of was connected with was the... We called it the food yes. and wine tourism strategy, mainly because there's so many other things you could add into the list. So, in in their mind, it was uh, it was kind of a catch-all. But you're right; it should have been food and beverage. But then food and beverage is a bit kind of jargony. So, I don't know. I don't know where you come with the name. But the program I ran was a, a trail program as part of WA's 
food tourism strategy. And I'm just going to I'm just going to jump in there because I, I was about to hold up the Margaret River Craft Beer Trail booklet yeah. that you were instrumental in, and then at the bottom it says the WA Food and Wine Trail. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's, it's yeah. a food WA Food and Wine Trail. So. Yeah. Because there's 44 of them and hard, hardly any of them are just food and wine. Mm. So yeah, it's it's finding names are a, a thing. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny that they are yeah. an absolute thing. But that program came out of the WA food and, food and Wine Tourism Strategy, which came out of Restaurant Australia, which was Tourism Australia's um, program. So Food and Wine Strategy was Tourism WA, and I think they the the research that was done by Tourism Australia basically said that. When people look at Australia, they they kind of rank, rank food and stuff at about number six. And when they come here, it was number one or two, and they were really surprised. And we're not because we know how amazing everything is that you can get here. It's all fresh and it's just amazing. Um, so it was really very much about trying to get Australians to understand how amazing the products were. And I think in the time, so the, this started about 2012. I think they had that as a program. And I did the, the Food and Wine Strategy for Tourism WA around about 2016, 17. And when we did the beer trail, there was, I think there's about 16 on that one. There's more now. There's like, must be 20 or 30 down in the Margaret River region. But the idea behind that is really about getting them to work together. And I think that's, that's the key to it all. And, and the whole program for this was a cunning strategy to get businesses to go, oh, the guy next door isn't my, my competition. They're actually someone, if we've got 20, 20 breweries, people who like beer will come and travel about, and everybody likes beer. You, you raise a really interesting point. Having watched the nascent craft beer mm. regions um, come together, and before government got involved, it was quite often individual businesses who mm. were trying to, who saw the potential and they would bring a network yeah. together. And you often had one or two dominant businesses driving it and the others sometimes reluctantly coming along. Yeah. But then at some level they were competitors and the, the, the people that were leading it were often looked at jealously because they were getting the attention. Yeah. Is, is it hard to weave a cohesive group or how, how do you do it? Like how do you take the politics out of it and make it a case of the rising tide lifts all boats? It's all down to whether or not the business is, is mature enough to understand where they sit in the market. And, and for all of these trails, the ones that worked were the ones that were coming towards me when I was coming towards them. If I had to chase them, there was no point because they, they, they wouldn't provide their 50 words. They didn't have any images. They didn't want to be part of it. And it's like, in that case, don't. You know, that's, that's fine. But to be honest with you, it's really hard to find stuff. So I live in the Margaret River region down south. There's 120 cellar doors. If you're coming down, even if you're coming from Perth and you know Western Australia, you have no idea where anything is. You know, and, and if you're coming from out, out of state or out of country, you, you're absolutely screwed because there's no way of understanding it. So the whole point of doing these kind of trails and collaborations is that you make it so simple for people to go, all right, I'm there for a week or maybe I'll, I'll need to go for two weeks now because I know there's 20 breweries and there's 120 wineries and there's all this other stuff that I can do on top that doesn't involve drinking, you know, but is eating into my drinking time, whatever. You know, you've, you've got the ability to make it really easy for folk to make the decision to come to your destination. If you can't get them in the destination, they're not going to come to your pub. Josh, you've, uh, you, you're sort of smiling sagely. You, you, you've seen some of that yourself, some of the, 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 the challenges between breweries? 
Uh, yeah, but I mean, even to get to that point, getting people to the region is the start. And the sunny coast is still a very new international market. So I've been to tourism conferences and started talking to people about our amazing breweries. And they're like, Sunshine Coast, that's like Gold Coast, yeah? And I'm like, okay, wind it back. So you, you have to get people to the region. So the, the, the region has to be doing a good job of getting people there, but including breweries as part of the reason to get people there. Um, so I agree with those points too. The breweries have to be on board. And on the sunny coast, I think we're a little bit lucky that everyone started or has started at a very similar time. So the collaboration levels are up here. And I love that about the sunny coast. But we're all on board. We all want everyone to have a great experience. The, the panel here prior was just ticking all those boxes that the majority of our breweries do. They create a great experience when you arrive. And people go, that was amazing. Let's go to the next one. Let's do the next one. So um, the collaboration level is probably a little bit unique but it's definitely the strength of our region, for sure. And, and I, I don't mean this to be a softball question to you running a bus to a company that drives people to breweries, but beer involves alcohol, um, and it's, it's very hard for people to visit multiple breweries in a sitting under their own steam. They, you know, how much is infrastructure like you know, tour companies you know, important to build a regionalised destination? It definitely plays a big part. Um, we, we've got breweries but they are well spread out you know we could be talking an hour and a half from top to bottom to stretch so you're right you might be able to top two of those on your list or you might stay for a week and tick off a few more so we're not definitely the only way to experience that but we do play a part in giving people an opportunity to have a taste of all those different breweries so transport isn't great on the Sunshine Coast either so it's not like well we'll just get the you know 420 bus because that'll get us to four of them that option isn't really there so that probably works in my favour um, but yeah it is hard to get around to all of them in a short period of time. Sabrina, you, you raised the interesting issue that you know wine has regions. So because grapes are grown and the wine is made there, that also feeds quite nicely into not only can beer be made anywhere, but beer is best yeah. where it's made. Um, whereas wine can be a postcard from the wine region, yeah. you, beer is best consumed. Do we lean into that enough? Do we make enough of that in our marketing of regional destinations? I think that that's something that the previous panel talked about in terms of what is the number one thing that makes a great um, brew pub experience. And the first thing they all went to was high quality beer because the beer is freshest. And so certainly, you know, there's been various campaigns around fresh is best. But um, I definitely think that beer is a product that people will travel for and that doesn't travel as well. So it's, you know, not an export product, it's an import product, which actually makes it the perfect postcard for food tourism, um, which is why, you know, it is something that we should lean into. And as a really basic uh, premise, you know, you talked about a lot of venues don't even have the right imagery or the right 50-word, uh, you know, making that case within your very limited space. As, as the Brewers Guild of New Zealand, we actually collated those. We went out with specs. We want a picture of the outside of the venue. We want a picture of the beer. We want you to tell us what's made on site. We gave a really long list of this is the stuff that you need to be saying to be attractive to and make it really easy for people to want to stop there. Whose responsibility is it, Claire? Um, is it brewing associations like the Brewers Guild of New Zealand or WABA to drive that, or is it brewers coming together in, in an individual region and seeing the unique potential that they offer, or is it government uh, should be looking at the, the, the businesses that it should be supporting? Um, is there a starting point for, for, for these things to come together? 
The ones that work the best are the ones that come from the, the brewers themselves and where they see an opportunity to work together. Um, and, it, and it doesn't matter if it's, if it's wine or beer or cider or whatever it is. If they see an opportunity, then, then it works. If you're relying on government to make it work, you, it's never going to work because government has priorities and this is their priority today and they'll do lots of stuff there and then when that's finished, they'll move on to something else and you're left going, but... But, but but now and they're gone. So if you're not if you're not helping yourself, it, it's not going to work. But if you've got some kind of an organisation that can pu help pull it all together. So the biggest challenge we saw was that everybody who is on any of the trails that we have is running a venue and is doing that. That's their job. Running a trail is not their job. So when we pulled them all together, one of the major things that I, I put into place as part of the project was having an admin person or a single point of contact that would pull all that stuff together. And whether that was somebody on the trail, so for the, the, the Margaret River beer one, it was em, actually Emma, mm -hmm. who is just massively dynamic and positive and just made it That's happen. Emma Locke from Beer Farm, yeah, who yeah. was on her previous panel? Yeah. Um, but in others, I, I just got a local consultant that would work with the community and pull it all together because they're busy. Nobody nobody has time to do all of that stuff on top. So it's just making it super simple for them but giving them a vehicle and making them own it because if I, if I own it and I come in and go, look, I've got this amazing idea and I'm going to do trails for you and I do it for 20 minutes and then I go away, you're left with nothing still. Where did the funding come from that admin position? Did the breweries have to no, fund it that? Came, it, for this particular program because it was a Tourism WA program as part of a broader strategy, um, it came from tourism, so it was part of the deal. You know, you got a trail, you got some admin support, you got... We, we created a whole suite framework of trails that could then be rolled out later. It didn't rely on government still doing it. Um, but also, uh, you know, there was various programs coming out over that time. But, yeah, that particular one we, we kind of supported as part of the project because I worked in government a long time. How about the Sunshine Coast, Josh? Was that something that... How did you, because you've got significant buy-in from your regional council now, um, or your regional councils, because there are, it spans a couple of them. Was it that them approaching the brewers, or was that the brewers, uh, what, what, what was the driver in your case? We just built a really strong network. We had a brewers social every month where we caught up for drinks. We built this strong collaborative network. And essentially, I was taking that to tourism. I was pushing that to council. So I was you hoping you weren't going to be too modest in, no, in no, your I, own role in I, that. It, it's, it's awesome that we're in the space we're in. But, geez, it's been a long, hard road of just going, hey, this is awesome. Jump on board. And now they are. I'm really happy. I'm probably a little bit tired because it's been a, a hard slog. Um, but I, I want to touch on that point, too, because brewers are not inherently into tourism. They're either great brewers, they, they create a great product, and they can also run an amazing venue. Their headspace is not in tourism. So to have someone come on board and take that off their plate and introduce them to that sector is, is huge. So um, we've built a really strong relationship with our brewers because we are that funnel to tourism. And, and vice versa, tourism gives feedback, we pass it on. So it takes a bit off their plate, but it also builds a, a nice connection to the tourism industry, I guess. Sabrina, in your case, you were doing it as the Brewers Guild of New Zealand and Brewers get in plug for, for Wobba. It's hard getting people to join um, an association because everyone has their own wants from that association. Then when you come looking for more from them to create something that's a little bit visionary, how hard was that from the association's point of view to bring people together? It's, um, 
any association work is hard, as I'm sure Kylie and who's here from the IBA and Wobble will tell you, because the needs are so diverse. But actually the reason we picked tourism um, and, you know, started... So, quite frankly, I brought over a speaker, Dave, from Dave's Beer Tours in Sydney <laughs> to our conference and said, can you get up on stage and start talking about why beer tourism matters and what can it do? And that was in 2018. And so we just had to keep starting the conversation with our members. Um, but we actually picked tourism because it was something that could unite the smallest breweries to the largest breweries and it actually was an advantage for everyone. So um, it, it kept sort of the team together, if you like. And as you say, sometimes the larger breweries in a region have more resources to be that admin, to be the people helping pull it together, but it advantaged everyone. And so... Um, it took a lot of work and, and the reason we did a lot of the admin as the Brewers Guild on behalf of our members was we could say this benefits all 200 of our members and in addition it gives us a really good jumping off point for other conversations with government now that they're looking at, you know, in New Zealand tourism GDP is, is you know, ranks number two. Um, now that we're seeing real dollar contributions to something that's meaningful to you government... Um, come get on board and so um, it took a lot of work with our members um, but it was something that they were completely on board with once we started the conversation. Josh you uh, and your local council have created the craft beer capital idea where you really want to market the area as Australia's leading concentration of craft breweries. How important is it that you stay within the beer space exclusively or work with other, because your own business, you do wine tours, you do go to some of the food, um, you work with distilleries. Does that create a more inclusive, easy to sell experience to a wider number of people or does that distract from the idea of the beer? Uh, look, I think it adds another level and it draws and appeals to a bigger audience. Um, the venues here, we're just talking about that venue experience, having something for everyone, and that's sort of what we try to offer. Uh, tourism, so Visit Sunshine Coast have been very strong in pushing craft beer capital, which is great because it does focus on this amazing thing we have in region. Um, it doesn't detract that we've now got nine distilleries, we've got some wineries, we have amazing um, paddock-to-plate type experiences, so we include that, and often those things tie in with the breweries anyway. So collectively, we've got all these amazing things, but I think they've looked to focus on that first and foremost. And if we looked at tourism's marketing campaigns coming up, it will be focusing on food in the region and other offerings as well. So they'll be the next tier. It was just nice to get breweries up on the first tier. Sabrina, if there's a, 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 a brewery that's got a very strong local brand already, do they give to, to the collective or do they lose something by being part of the collective if they become part of a region? No, I, I mean, you know, the go-to answer is everybody wins more um, if you've got a strong brand and more people are coming because um, whatever size you are a venue, margins are greater on beer that you sell in your own location. And so um, bringing more tourists to your area, whether you're a strong brand or not, um, is always going to be beneficial to each business individually. And so... Um, if you are that big brand that is currently bringing people in, um, if you can leverage that up to a regional um, vibe, a regional brand, something that links in with more things, um, the goal is to bring more visitors to your area. Um, and that's bigger spend over the bar, bigger margins, that's a win. On a similar note, Josh, because I know how much time you invest out of your business in 
tourism events. You travel a lot to go speak at various tourism areas representing the region, but that's out of your business. Is that investment in the idea of tourism a net win or a net cost to, to your own personal business? Uh, the, well, I'm here. This is awesome. So I'll take it as a well, win. You're, you're here talking about it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, look, it's it's probably a net loss, but the the I'm passionate about what we have on the sunny coast, so I'll get up and talk about it at any opportunity, and I will make those sacrifices within the business to, to make things work. Someone's back right now running tours for me, so that's okay. The business goes on, but I think it, it brings a strength to the region, and if it means it's a volunteer ambassador role for the region, then so be it. That's okay. Uh, it does bring returns to the business too. Uh, it's probably a little bit hard to measure, but the time is probably a net loss, but I'll take it. Claire, how about you? Where, where do you fit in on whether it's an overall benefit to individual breweries to be part of something, to, to actually do the work to set up one of these? It's, it's, it's absolutely a benefit. So, so when you're looking at a destination, you need three things. So you need density, diversity and uniqueness. And I think if, you, if you're one brewery sitting on your own, people aren't going to come to that region just to do one thing unless you're the most amazing of that thing. Um, so being able to encourage other people to be part of the, you know, the whole team. And the other thing that it does is that, that your core market anywhere you are is going to be locals. And it's going to be locals coming regularly. It's going to be locals bringing their friends. It's going to be locals telling their mates. It's going to be locals putting it on their socials to make everybody else go, I want to go to the sunny coast or Margaret River or New Zealand or whatever it is because I know I'm going to get a massive feed, I'm going to get a great beer, I'm going to get whatever it is. And I think the, the more folk can work together, the, the better. I mean, we've, we, one of the trails we did was a distillery trail from Kununurra, which is up in the northeast north, all the way down to Esperance, which is in the southeast south. And you're no way going to do that in one go. But it means that locals know their stuff. It means that if you're going to travel to that region, you'll maybe find that there's some stuff in that region that you can do. And the more that people know, the more, you know, the more they'll do. So if you're working together, brilliant. You know, whether you're all in one kind of a trail or one kind of a group or you're linking out with other people. So linking it to other stuff, linking it to... You know, the cider growers, I don't know if that's a bad word in a beer hall, but, you know, is, is it, you know, the, the other kinds of food and beverage, but also the attractions, but also the accommodation. It's making it so simple for folk to come. It's not even funny, you know. It's, and, and I think, you know, as, as a small business, whilst it is a probably net loss for his business, it's actually probably a game because people know that you're passionate about it. So when the tourism guys are looking for someone to do a mill or to show folk around or to be the face of the region, it's, it's people like who, who get it, yeah. Can I pick up on something? Of course, something yeah. So um, that was one of the big things. You mentioned it earlier with Josh. But, you know, the next step from a craft beer trail is... Um, come to the region for cycling and you can get from brewery to brewery yep. via bike. Um, you are into golf. Um, well, guess what? There's five breweries and you can have it. And so it's actually linking yeah. with whatever the local region has. And one of the great programs that we trialled in New Zealand was working with the uh, National Motorhome Association to get these special um, parking plates. So if you were breweries in agricultural areas, you could park up your motor self-contained motorhome on site at night and it was a program that they had um, that related to lots of other venues and we were finding hotels in rural areas were doing it but breweries weren't and it meant um, 
but we then trialled that across a bunch of breweries in regional areas. It already had government, local government support across the whole of the country and it allowed us to access, you know, 150, 50,000 motorhome owners who um, you could market to a new group um, and to the right demographics for craft beer. So, you know, it's not just thinking about a craft beer trail, it's about all of those bits that you can do to find new consumers uh, to bring them to your region for whatever the reason is. We might throw it open. To, is, does anyone have any questions for the panel? Um, I just wanted to ask, I like what you said about how trails should be started by the brewers, but obviously the brewers don't have a huge marketing budget to invest in something like this. So if, you, if it is grassroots, how do you, how do you advertise it? Where do you, what, where do you start with something like that? Do you use influences or for mills or what, what would you recommend? All of that, yeah. So in, in WA, we have a thing called Trails WA, which is free. So there's no, no marketing budget required, and that's marketed by a third party, Trails WA. Um, so you can put food and wine trails on that. But also working with your local tourism organisations. So depending on where you are, we have regional tourism organisations, so there's five of those. And then there's a whole bunch of local tourism organisations and your visitor centre. So they look for product. They're always looking for product. And they're also connected up into Tourism WA, which is working with the international markets who are also looking for products. So you, you, if you're smart about it, you don't actually need to have that much budget. You need to just work, work together to create the thing. Um, and, 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 yeah. and just finding the right person too is going to be the challenge. So if it's tourism, is it the marketing department? I mean, we were really lucky that a new CEO came on board and he's like, this is awesome, we're going to start promoting it. So that was a little bit of luck, but you've got to find that right person who is happy to get on board. Tourism has a budget. I'm sure council has a budget too. We've, we've tapped into the economic development component of council re uh, recently and they've had funding to help brewers' skills and all sorts of things. So it's just trying to find that right person who is on board and understands the value of it and then they'll drive it for you and they'll hopefully pay for it too. And I think um, it's also a little bit of build it and they will come. So if you cannot articulate, you don't have an image... You, you can't explain it to anyone who doesn't know what we all know about beer. It becomes a really hard sell. So if you can, this is the reason we built a very cheap website um, as the Brewers Guild so that we had a product that we could then sell, which then allowed us to attract money that allowed us to then do some more things. Um, so it was really basic at the start. We also leveraged a lot of our partners within the industry. So um, in New Zealand, we had OI Glass, who are glass providers. They provided us a free billboard for a month, which we could then promote as we've had a billboard. So there was all these little things. And the other piece that I was thinking about earlier is you always want your brewery friends to say there's another brewery down the road. So having some sort of physical thing, physical product that your staff behind the bar are trained to say, um, scan the QR code for the NZ Ale Trail. Also, our mates at Altitude just down the road. Um, you can go see them. Eddie's great. So it's really, you know, they were talking about hospitality education previously. It's really getting everyone in your team to understand how they can make that referral service work and really basic things like posters with QR codes. Everybody scans them now. You get a picture, even if it's a static image, um, and you just start rolling those things out and then you have something to take for funding. Sounds like a nice little touch back to our hospitality panel just before. Where's good training? Any other questions? Um, I sort of had two questions, but you kind of touched on it now. One is, do you think there is some value in having some sort of like gimmick where you need to 
tick things off or like actually pushing people to go to the next trail or is it enough or the next location or is it enough just to say here's what we have on offer and that's it go build your own and I guess the other one was um what do you think is most effective nowadays if you know do we need physical maps or can you push everyone online to apps and websites and whatever else Great question. Who wants to take that, Josh? We all, we all look like we're up in that oh. one. Um, I might just start on it, but I think everyone's got something to add. I think you need a little bit of everything. We have physical printed maps now that are in every brewery. There's also an online version of that. So I think it's important to have all of those things. We don't have an incentive-driven component on our trail at this point. We might do that as an event at various times throughout the year. I know Wellington does a craft beer trail. I've been there for Beervana, and you can. there's two streams. You can go stream A, I did all these, and get a free shirt. Um, so I know some places do it, and I don't know if you've done that with any success, but, um, yeah, you need a little bit of everything, I think. We didn't do that on any of the trials, but I wish I had. But and the main reason is because you can then track whether or not it's working. Because if you don't have any of that stuff on any of your trials, you've got no idea if any... All you know is that they've gone. Like someone's taken all the brochures. It could all be in a bin or in someone's garage. You have no idea. So having, having some way of tracking it is brilliant. It's, if you can do it, do it. And we found, like, I, I think brochures, personally, I think they're a waste of paper because they're out of print, they're out of um, currency as soon as you printed them. But without them, lots of people won't know about it. So you kind of have to do a bit of both. Yeah, people love a map. They just love, you know, they'll gather them and put them in their car and just leave them there until they clean out their car 10 years later, or if that's just me. Um, but yeah, I think having having a bit of both and having some way of tracking if people are actually using it, I think is is brilliant, yeah. Yeah, I think metrics, you just touched on metrics yeah. are really important. So to start off with the, um, the ale trail, like our metric was just, could we start getting meetings with government to put the button from food and wine to food and beverage and that was really basic and we were able to say great we've changed it in three regional areas we weren't even tracking the trail itself um, in terms of sort of gamification which is that question around incentivization one of the paths we did go down um, and never sort of got across the line was actually um, within untapped you can um, create ale trail badges so that if you check in at X number of venues, you can get a, um, a special badge to say you've completed the Southwest Brewers yeah. Alliance Trail. Um, and so using online gamification methods um, that might suit uh, a particular demographic of your visitors, so the real hardcore brewery geeks um, that use Untapped every day, that is really meaningful to them. Um, that was quite challenging to get in place um, but certainly there are those sorts of tools whatever's in your region or in your country uh, to look at in terms of incentivization. but somebody has to run that so back to sort of the original point it depends I think where you're at in your funding cycle as to how heavily you lean into some of those things um, because putting them in initially is quite costly and if you haven't you know, got the, the money in first, where is it going to come from? So I think it depends where you are in your life cycle for the trail. And Sorry, just on that one, Trails WA is actually, with the new website, has a gamification ability on it. So, so there's the opportunity to be able to see if people are using it, I think. 
Claire Savage from Savage Creative, Josh Donahoe from Sunshine Coast Craft Beer Tours, and industry consultant Sabrina Kunz. Thank you very much for joining us for this panel. Big round of applause for, for our panel. Thank you very much for joining us uh, for creating a craft beer trail. Cheers, Matt. Thanks very much. Thanks to Bintani for making the recording of this panel discussion possible. Bintani, supplying the brewing industry with a wide range of quality brewing ingredients since 1995.